Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. Hello. This is episode number 88, Seven Drops of Love Fuel. Seven Drops of Love Fuel? I know, I surprised you. Or Seven you. Drops of Love Fuel. <laughs> I surprised you with that title, huh? You did, you did. See, I can be spontaneous sometimes. Well, yeah, it's Valentine's Day. You better be spontaneous because <laughs> I'm expecting a lot. <laughs> we are going to talk about a few different ideas for Valentine's Day, but not in the form of expectations. This is going to be a little bit different. And sarcastic. <laughs> Probably some sarcasm. <laughs> no, no sarcasm. <laughs> well, we wanted to talk about Valentine's today because it is Valentine's. And sometimes there can be a lot of expectations around holidays, but especially Valentine's Day. And it's a I bunch of crap, if you ask me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a bunch of crap. Just kidding. Love is not a bunch of crap. Uh, Valentine's Day is a bunch of crap, but I'm going to get into why I think that. It's not <laughs> Valentine's Day fault. It's who has two thumbs and, and has a problem with Valentine's Day? This guy. <laughs> so we'll get into a, a good conversation we had about this last night. But in order to be able to take away the expectations of Valentine's Day, we got to also talk about what we can do about that. Yes. And one of the best things we can do is take a moment to fill our own tanks, right? Fill our own love tanks because when we do that, we have so much more love to give. And of we love fuel with love fuel. <laughs> yeah, we have to fill ourselves with love fuel. Okay. And then it's so much easier for us to run on love. So we're going to take a little bit of a twist and we're going to talk about some different areas where we can show love to ourselves. And that way, we know that we're taking care of some of our most basic needs without expecting our husband to or our spouse to come in and then meet all those needs for us. So love yourself first? Yes, but not from a selfish way, right? Not, okay. this is all about me. It's like, hey, sometimes when we don't do this, certain parts of ourselves get very neglected and they have a negative effect as they trickle out and affect the other areas of our lives. So this, this relates to anybody because there's a lot of people out there who have a problem with Valentine's Day or yeah. any holiday because maybe Valentine's Day reminds someone of something really romantic with their spouse or whatever and everything's so great and oh, unicorns, rainbows, all that stuff. And then other people... Valentine's Day may remind them of the love that they used to have that's no longer there anymore. Yeah. And that can be absolutely destructive yes. and depressing and sad. Yes. And so, you know, as much as everybody, you know, you walk around like the mall or something and there's hearts everywhere. Oh, love is in the air. But not everybody feels that. It's true. It's so true. It's, it's not quite what it appears in the commercial world. Yes. We're talking about real love and how to celebrate Valentine's Day, maybe for anybody in whatever situation they're in. Yes. Okay. 
So we're going to talk about, (laughs) so you're in. I'm in. (laughs) We're going to talk about seven different categories, seven different drops of love. And so you could maybe do one each day of this week if you wanted to. That's one way to think about it. But neither of these things, none of these things are dramatic and big, you know, shows of, of affection or, you know, love. They're, they're small things, totally manageable. And we start with ourselves first. And when we do that, then it becomes much easier to show love towards others. So the first one has to do with our spirituality. All of us have a sense of spirituality. Now, however you define that, that's up to you. But give yourself this drop of love when it comes to spirituality. That's where where we're going to start. So if you believe in God, if you read scriptures, if you pray, make sure today you spend... Just a little bit of time doing that. Okay, let me ask you this. So is Valentine's Day just for couples and like romantic couples? Or is it for just, I don't know, anyone that you love? Well, we get to define what Valentine's Day is, right? So it's not specific. Like you, you can only celebrate Valentine's Day if it's between you and your girlfriend or your spouse or whatever. Right. And I think that maybe... That could be a trap that people fall into generally, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, oh, it's only for couples. Well, who says that? Yeah. And even if a commercial says that, it doesn't mean we have to say that or believe it. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that, right? Right. It, it, it means whatever. It, it represents love and maybe refueling your love toward your, even your children, right? We give our children Valentines. Yeah. And kids at school give Valentines to each other. So... I guess that promotes something beyond just a romantic love. Yeah. So I think because most of us have this part of ourselves, whether we're super active in church or not, that's not the point. The point is to show that love for yourself by reconnecting, giving that one drop of love fuel in the spiritual realm today or sometime this week. Reconnect. That is a form of love. If you love God, if you love the scriptures, if you love prayer, if you love meditation, doing those things this week is love for yourself. So I know for me, if I'm not, so for, I have a belief in God and, you know, I have faith in Jesus Christ. So that's me. I know that if I am not loving them, then I can't love you as much. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, no matter how romantic, you know, I try to make our lives like if like that's where that comes from. That true love and that true pure love comes from above. Yeah. I can't like make it. I can make it by serving and by, you know, acting out the love, but that really comes from somewhere else. Yeah. At least that's what my belief is. So I think this is just a new way to think about Valentine's Day, right? Is what kind of love do you have? for that side of yourself and that connection. If you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, how are you showing love to them on Valentine's Day? How are you making that connection, that relationship stronger? I love it. Yes. Okay. Drop number two is in the physical realm. This is the physical side of us. Now, this can come in many different forms, right? It could be 
maybe we want to take care of our bodies by taking a hike today because we know that's going to give us with fill us with energy and a connection with nature or maybe we want to do something different like take a bath so this is like <laughs> self-care in, this, in a lot of ways right? yes this is self-care and this is so important because i know that especially for moms whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom self-care can go to the bottom of the list it often does it often does and little bastards <laughs> And sometimes it's when self-care is at the bottom of the list, it is so hard. And it's almost like there, there becomes a desperation and a higher expectation of our spouse yeah. to come in and save the day and do all the things that we have not been able to get to. And so when we show love to ourselves through the form of self-care, taking care of our physical bodies, maybe that means taking a nap. I mean, that would be that would be one of my favorites is taking a nap. It's so different to be able to do that for yourself out of love, because, again, then it's you. We can lower some of those expectations and not be mad at our spouse if they don't know about those expectations or can't fulfill them. So part of part of this is also understanding how your spouse or your loved one or whoever it is can give themselves self-care because look, you can't do that unless the kids are, are, are gone, right? Like they have to be gone or and at least watched over or taken, or care, taken of. care of. Yeah. Now, one of the things I can do for you to show you love is to say, Hey, why don't you go do some things, you know, on your own, go take a bath. I got this. That sounds like a great gift yes. for Valentine's Day yes, or any day. Now, little plug here. One of the reasons why I have an issue with Valentine's Day is I just don't like being told how to love somebody. Right. And like the commercial side of, you know, my, I have a lot of issues with people telling me what to do. What? <laughs> but. No, never. I feel like if I need Valentine's Day to tell me to love you in a certain way, then I've got a problem. Yeah, I have a major problem if that's if I'm waiting for Valentine's Day to get you flowers or if I'm waiting for Valentine's Day to get you whatever it is that you might want, then I'm not doing a very good job loving you every other day. So this is a good reminder and it's, it has everything to do with my attitude, but it is a check for me. If I'm in tune with you on Valentine's Day, like last night, our conversation was basically I hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> I hate it. I can't stand it. And mainly it's because I don't want, you know, commercials or, you know, whatever it is manipulating me into, into having to love my wife. Right. I should be doing that anyway. And so really what it comes down to for me and last night, the reason I was having a hard time with it is because I think the last couple of weeks I have not been as caring as I should be toward you. And I felt bad about that. And I felt guilty because I haven't cherished you as much as I want to. And so then Valentine's Day comes along and says, oh, well, you should get her flowers. Like, I don't want to get her flowers because I haven't been, I mean, that that's such, that's so hypocritical in a lot of ways, you know, like, oh, it's Valentine's Day, so I'm going to get flowers for my wife. Mm -hmm. When I should be doing that anyway. 
I should be cherishing you every day anyway. And if I have a better attitude about it, it's usually because I've been doing that on a regular basis. So if I'm in a good place, feeling romantic and feeling like I'm doing the things that you like and you need, then Valentine's Day is just like, oh, okay, it's another day. Yeah. But when I'm not liking Valentine's Day, it's usually my fault because I haven't been as caring and attentive as I would like to be. So this Valentine's Day, I was a little bummed about it because I didn't want to be like, oh, well, I've been a jerk to you the last couple. I mean, I haven't been a jerk, but I just haven't been as attentive. And now it's Valentine's Day. So here I go. Here it comes. Here's your flowers. Here's the day. Like it's just, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's not as genuine. And I think for a lot of people, that's probably true. And I, I bet a lot of couples end up having fights on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I bet you're right. Because all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's your flowers. And it's, it's just not, it's not genuine and it's not loving unless we're really doing these things that we're talking about. So I am the one right now who is having a problem because I need to do better on these seven drops. Well, and I think this is such a great conversation, right? Because I think because of, you know, how our society is and because of the culture, like what you're saying, the commercials and the expectations. I think there are expectations for the woman and the man, the husband and the wife. And so even if we're not trying to have expectations, they're probably there. They're probably hidden deep I haven't down gotten, inside. I haven't gotten you your K jewelry necklace, <laughs> your love diamonds this year. So I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> but I think even if couples aren't fighting, on Valentine's Day, there might be some resentment, right? If yeah. there's an unmet expectation that, let's say, a wife had, like, he should be, he should buy me flowers on Valentine's Day. And then the husband, for whatever reason, he doesn't. Or he buys her regular flowers and she wants roses. Right. There could be some resentment felt because of that. And Valentine's Day probably is not going to go very well, even though she may put on a brave face. So I think what you're saying is so true. And I think part of actually loving somebody is that you have to know their reality. You have to know how they are experiencing life. And so when we were having this conversation last night, I felt very grateful, even though I was questioning some of your motives of not getting flowers well it, it was a very intimate conversation because we were talking about real things and not just here's your k jewelry necklace right but i felt very grateful for it because it really helped me understand you and valentine's day so much better and it also challenged me to think about your experience of valentine's day differently than mine and i felt like hey I need to remember to give you space to experience Valentine's Day however you do. And it doesn't have to match how I experience Valentine's Day because I look at Valentine's Day so differently than you do. I'm like, yay, it's another day to celebrate love and life. I was excited to buy my kids little treats and hide them in their room. And, you know, for me, it's like, it is kind of unicorns and rainbows and butterflies. That's because you're a lot better than me as a person. No, <laughs> no. But I think there's value here to say, hey, it's okay if you're in a different place 
than I am. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the important thing. We need to be working on where our places are all the time. Yes. And so when you were explaining to me last night, hey, sometimes I'm not in the best place when Valentine's Day is coming. And so I start to, you know, feel a little guilty. I was like, that is really good information for me to know. I understood you so much better last night after our conversation. And I'm grateful for that. I felt way more connected to you after that conversation. And it made also today so much better because I was like, I still don't have expectations. I have tons of expectations and I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're going to meet them all. But <laughs> I probably will I'm won't. glad you're in that place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So think about the physical and find some way to show that extra drop of love towards yourself and get involved in some self-care. Your week will go better and your emotions towards yourself and your spouse will probably improve as well. Can you watch the kids later while I go to a movie by myself? Of course, I could. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm happy to. Look at oh, the look, look at, at the place I'm at. Yes. It's awesome. Yes. And she actually is she'd be okay with that. I would be. And then later on maybe you'd be like, "Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the third drop of love is in the aspect of mental well-being. And so my suggestion, and this is just an idea, anyone can take it or leave it, would be to think about the positive aspects of your relationship. It is so natural for our brain to focus on the negative, right? Yeah. Because there are so many things to do during the day. A lot of women can have the mental to-do list, right? And we're constantly kind of going through it. And if we hope that our husband is going to help us with this to-do list and they don't, we're going to focus on that negative. It's so much easier to focus on what you didn't do rather than what you did do. Can I read a, a few um, paragraphs just from this cool talk yes. I found? Yes, Okay. It's this, this section is called consciously choosing love. Nice. Too many believe that love is a condition pertaining solely to the heart. Something that happens to you. Mm. They disassociate, they disassociate love from the mind and therefore from agency. We know that any commandment of God involves agency. We can obey or disobey, but there's always a choice. Therefore, when the Lord puts love in the command form, like when he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He's not saying, I hope you fall in love with your neighbor. Right. The command is a directive and appeal to the mind to make a conscious choice. I love that. I love that. So I'll leave it there for now. But I, it's interesting when you think about it that way and going to like your thinking part of the drop. Yeah. It's so important that we remember that it really comes back down to our thoughts result in our feelings and then result in our actions. Yes. And so we can choose and we have agency and people who feel like, Oh, I don't, I don't love my spouse anymore, but we'll stick it out until the kids are out of the house and then we'll get divorced. Right. It will, it doesn't have to be that way. And I know maybe sometimes it, it's not going to work no matter what you do, but in most situations, we can choose to love 
Just like we can choose to love our neighbors. Yes. We're not going to fall in love with our neighbors without doing any work. Right. That just is not going to happen. Right. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to side note that. I love that. I think that's a fabulous quote. And because I do, I think we can sometimes feel like love just happens to us. So we're just the victim of whether or not it happened to us. Right. We fell into love, but now we're out of it and there was nothing I could do about it. Right. Okay. Well, that's we know the, that that's not true. It's one of the biggest lies in this entire world. Yeah, you have to be actively choosing it and actively participating in it. People live in an illusion of romance when they think that, oh, I'm just going to, I'm I'm so in love and I just, I can't get enough of this person. And then when that goes away, oh, I guess I should move on to the next one. Right. Because the next one, same, same thing's going to happen. It, it's that limerence, that state of being physically attracted to somebody. Well, I don't care how beautiful somebody is or how attractive you are to them. You can only be attracted to somebody for... A year maximum if there's nothing else. Right. If there's nothing underneath that. Yeah. So when it comes to this category of the mental well-being, I think because our brain tends to just go to the negative so easily and so quickly, is that in order to add this drop back in, we have to choose it. We have to use our agency to say, I am going to think about the beautiful memories of us together. I'm going to think about the times we were very connected. I'm going to think about the times where we felt close and that we were romantic with one another. I'm going to think about the times we had fun. It's to be able to put those memories back in on purpose. Yeah. Because that's loving. That is a loving thing to do, to be able to think about your spouse in a positive way. And it's not to say, hey, times are not hard. It's not to ignore it or pretend it doesn't exist. But it is to purposely say, I want to think loving thoughts towards my spouse this week. You have a choice, right? We all have a choice yeah. to use that power that's already in us. Right? Memories are very powerful and they're already there. So if we're not using those for good, then that's something that we're not doing. And someday we'll realize that. And if we didn't do all that we could to improve the love that we have for whether it's our spouse or a friend or our children or whoever it is, then we are going to probably regret that because at some point you're going to realize that you had the ability and you've already been empowered. And it's just a matter of how you unlock that power so that you can use it and thought work is critical to that. I'll probably get this wrong, but um, I was watching a clip the other day um, from Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. And I love the way sometimes he just puts things, you know, because he speaks differently than I would. And so one thing he said the other day, and I was, wasn't expecting to talk about this, but as you were explaining this, it just came to my mind about memories, right? We can use memories for good or bad. And he talks about this. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we can get really stuck in the past and things that have gone wrong and we use our memories for negative. And he really brings up the point, like memories help us learn so that we can have a much better effect in our lives presently and moving forward. So if we keep choosing to use our memories for the negative and not to help us like actually learn from those things and um, have it be a positive influence, even if the memory is negative, 
What are we doing with memories? Well, that, that sounds like someone who holds a grudge. Yes. Or has resentment. Yes. About something and can't or, or cannot forgive. Yes. And that's, it's, this is exactly why not being able to forgive, especially in a relationship where you care about that person, if you can't forgive them and then forget it and get past it, it is a poison and it yeah. will continue to poison your life over and over and over again. And the person that it hurts the most is you. Yeah. It's so true. And so I think this is such a good opportunity to say, how am I using my memories? Am I using the memories of our relationship for good or am I using it for bad? And so as we focus on these drops and we're, you know, this is the one that has to do with our mental well-being, let's use our memories for good. I'm just going to say this because I know that a lot of men at times struggle with this. Mm hmm. They get married to this, you know, young, pretty girl. And over time, she ages. Of course, as men, we don't age. <laughs> no, never. Right? But but she ages. She has children, right? Yes. Maybe gains some weight, gains, loses. You know, there's all kinds of things that happen that all of a sudden your wife isn't that young, you know, I don't even want to throw words out there, but I think everyone understands what I'm saying. And and those that are listening may feel like maybe my husband doesn't love me as much as he used to because I don't look as pretty. Yeah. Now, let me say this about thought work. Now, you're a beautiful woman. Thank you. I also know that you don't look as young as you used to. Correct. You got some more wrinkles. Yes. So do I. We have lots more wrinkles. We're both <laughs> aging. But I think you're more beautiful now than you've ever been because I have chosen to think thoughts that have allowed me to also be more attracted to you as you are now and to realize that you're not that person that I married when we were in our 20s. Yes. But this isn't something that I'm just like tricking myself on. Right. I'm seeing the beauty in you and who you are now and in the beauty of your wisdom and even in the way that your body and your face is changing. Okay. And, you know, you may interpret this however you want to, but we can both do that with each other. Right. And everyone can do that. And you see these old couples that are still super in love when they're like in their 80s. Yes. You don't think that they've done that? I think they have. They absolutely have. They ha You have to. And if you're not doing that, you're missing out on an increase in attractiveness. Right? I'm more attracted to you now than I was attracted to you in our 20s. I'm more attracted to you during this conversation. Okay. Well, <laughs> good. You can show me how attracted to you, you are later. I think I'm um, going to. So I guess my point is for, for women, there is thought work going on with your husband more than you think. And they're, they're going through this challenge with the, you know, the, the biological and medical, physical parts of us, right? When it comes to making babies and all that, right? And the reason, and we've talked about how much men think about sex and all this. But also for women thinking about their husband in the same way. I mean, this isn't something you can just go force the other person to do. But as you do that. Yes. As you think about things differently than maybe what you na your natural tendency would be, and to change your mindset, you can be more attract attracted to your spouse, whether it's your husband or your wife, and you can also even be more attracted to 
your children, right, as they age too, because they're not as cute as they used to be <laughs> as they get older. Yeah. Right. It's all about how we can use the power of our heart and our mind and all of these drops working together. And if we do that, then life gets better, not worse. It does. It does. It gets better. But it's a choice that we make. And I think when we are thinking loving thoughts on purpose more often, we are going to feel more love. Yeah. And I don't think many people will argue that love is the worst thing to feel. I think when we feel love in general more often than we're feeling all the negatives, life is going to be better. Love feels good. Love is awesome. It is awesome. So being able to say, I want to feel love on purpose, that's empowering. And there's no downside to that, right? Because there's, there's ups and downs in love, but there's also ups and downs without love. And look, it takes two to tango. It's such a cliche. Sorry. (laughs) I was like, whoa. But things will be better if we're doing that on our own. Yes. And that's the way that we get our spouse or other loved ones to do the same. Yeah. Is to change ourselves first. And I know we've said that probably in every podcast we've done, but that is one of the most important principles. And if you're sitting around waiting for your your spouse to do that, it might not ever happen and things are just going to be crappy, right? But if you start changing yourself, things will be a lot better yes. than they were if you weren't doing that. And then you'll start to see changes in your spouse and how they see you or how they view themselves. Those things happen. That's happened to me. Yes. And how you've been, um, as you've gone through this self-coaching model and the thought process and thought work, I have seen you change and so I've changed. Yeah. And that continues to happen. It just doesn't, doesn't just happen once and then it's over. It's constantly happening. It's constantly happening. And as I've admitted... I fall back into bad habits sometimes. And that's normal. Yeah, and that's and it's okay. It's natural. It's totally okay. As long as long as, you know, you're you don't just give up. Right. Yeah. It's awesome and it's super sexy too. Because yeah. <laughs> knowing that your spouse is imperfect and and having compassion for them for that. Yeah. And giving them some room and watching them grow through those challenges is one of the most amazing things. Yeah. I love the concept of um, thought work and especially the intimate relationship, intimacy as personal development, not just, hey, this is the one way that we're close and connected as a married couple. Yes, but being able to use that as personal development and growth and learn more about yourself. When I was studying this, it talked about getting to a place of high bloom, more fully expressed. Yes. And that concept just resonated with me because I was like, wow, our intimacy can become deeper the more work I do on myself through the realm of going through the challenges of intimacy. It's meant to be challenging. Yeah. (laughs) It is meant to be challenging. Thank goodness it is. Yes. In all reality, and that's part of an attitude change, right? Yes. So many of us think, oh, well, I just want life to go great all the time. Well, if life was perfect all the time, how bored would you be? We would be bored. We would really be bored. And I know that it's hard to imagine that, but you would be bored and you would not be happy. Yeah. 
if you didn't have something to some friction, right. To, to help you to improve. Yes. Friction is important. Friction. Okay. Drop number four is going to be emotional well-being. So this is obviously comes as a result of our thoughts. So a lot of times I've noticed even with my clients, they have a really hard time being able to feel certain emotions towards their spouse. Usually they're feeling pretty negative, pretty resentful and angry. And so what they usually end up saying is, I can't just switch off anger and jump over to love. And I was like, you're right. That's a hard, That's often a hard thing to do, to just take a negative thought and try to convince yourself of a positive thought. So I want to help out in this area. You don't have to try to replace a negative thought with a positive thought or the exact opposite thought. That's, that's sometimes how we think we need to do thought work, but it's not, that's not true. What I would like to offer as a suggestion is don't try to think the opposite of your negative thought. Try to think a thought that genders an emotion of appreciation. Appreciation is what we call a bridging emotion. Mm-hmm. So when you're having a hard time getting to the emotion of love, you don't need to try to force yourself or convince or persuade yourself to jump over to that. that if you're in a bad place, that's hard to do. So the best thing you can do is take the step in between. And again, this does go back to thought work. Think about the things that your spouse has done that you actually appreciate. It's so hard to think about that when you're angry, though. I know. It's really tough. Like when I when I feel hurt, I don't, I don't usually get angry at you. Sometimes I get hurt because I, I make assumptions yeah. about certain things that you do. And I... I hurt myself, really, because you're not trying to hurt me. And I always realize that. But in those moments when I feel hurt, it's really hard to to start thinking about things. Because I, I, I do this work. You know, I, I do my thought work, and I try to think about positive things and appreciation. But it's really hard. Yes. What I see, the, the trap I see the most often is people just trying to make such a big jump from anger to, well, I have to be happy. I have to feel happiness. I have to feel love towards my spouse. But this concept of appreciation and gratitude is the middle ground. So you don't have to have such a high expectation for yourself that if I'm feeling bad, there's something wrong, things are going south, and now I have to just go to the opposite and feel total love. Appreciation is a beautiful stepping stone. And yes, sometimes it is difficult to be there. But that is the emotion that helps us get more towards love. It is, and it can be something very small. Totally. It doesn't have to be this big thing. So like I say, it's hard to, to appreciate you when I feel hurt. But I know that if I can just find, if I can just really flex my brain to start thinking about, even if it's little things, those are the little steps that take you out of that abyss. Yes. And it works. It and does it's work. Real. It it's does. Awesome. And I think something that can help in this arena is again think about it as drops. All it takes is you being able to think one thought that really triggers an emotion of gratitude. Mm. You don't have to even think a hundred of them. You don't even have to think ten. One. One drop one good thought of something you appreciate and then stay in that stay in that mindset 
that is all you need. Sometimes I think we are um, can assume we've got to think a lot of thoughts about all the good things that they've done. And that can feel overwhelming. Like, I don't know if I can do yeah. that because I'm feeling a little bit angry. So let's lighten the load and let's make this process much easier. You don't have to think a whole list. Think about one, one that really, um, something that you really are grateful for. Yeah. That can make the difference. One thought can make all the difference. Right. And even if you think that thought and then slide back, think it, think it again. Yes. Right. You're going to go back and forth. This is, this is not a static thing. This is a very dynamic, real thing. I mean, the mind is incredible how fast we can go through those thoughts too. Yeah. And our mind will want to take the road that is the most familiar and the easiest and the least resistant. So if we've thought, Ugh, my husband never helps put the kids to bed. If we have thought that thought like 10,000 times, that's going to be one of the first thoughts our, our brain will always want to travel down. Oh, okay. And so we have to make that decision to say, you know what? But before they went to bed, look what he did. He may not have helped put them to bed, but he did this. And that is awesome. And that is beautiful. That's one thought. Yeah. And so we have to choose to kind of have a an intervention with our own brain and say, wait a minute, you're taking that normal path that you like and that's very familiar, but I love my spouse and I'm going to intervene. And this can, this can go for anybody that you love. Oh yeah. Friend, children, in-laws, in-laws, um, neighbors, enemies, right? <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, this works for any kind of relationship, It does. which is so helpful this right here, these these drops that you're talking about, this will this will change your life and it'll help you to apply those beliefs that you have about the world and why we're here, where we came from, where we're going. Right. Right. It's easy to say, oh, well, Jesus will fix everything. He, well, yeah, he will. But he also is allowing us to be in this hell state at times. It's where we're suffering and he wants us to learn. Yeah. And these tools are really useful and helpful so that we can do our part. And he expects us to use our brain. Yes, he does. He, he doesn't expect us to ignore that we have awesome thinking abilities. I don't need any help. Jesus will just fix everything. Right. Well, okay. When we choose to say, hey, I'm going to put in this one drop of emotional well-being and I'm going to focus on one thing that I'm grateful for towards my spouse. Here's the beauty. We feel better. Yeah. We feel better. And I think sometimes we forget that in life, we're constantly trying to chase emotions. And it's we don't need to do that. But we're usually trying to chase emotions that feel better. But when we actually think a thought that triggers the emotion of gratitude, we feel good. It doesn't matter who we're thinking about. Our spouse may not be feeling good in that moment. We feel good. Yeah. So this is the beautiful gift we give to ourselves. When we think thoughts that engender gratitude, we feel better. I love it. Okay. Drop number five is in the social context. Now we are, humans are social beings. We are not meant to 
go through life alone. <laughs> Hello. So when it comes to the social side of ourselves, one way we can show love is to make sure we're not neglecting this, right? When's the last time we did talk to a friend? When's the last time we went out to lunch with them? Yeah. When's the last time we planned a double date, right? This cannot be neglected, but it, it's, it's one that flies under the radar. Well, we get so busy that we don't, Think that we need that we all all that matters to me is my family you know my wife and my children or you know the immediate you know whoever i feel responsibility for maybe it's my cat right and we end up becoming very lonely and closed off from others yeah and look we could be sitting around waiting for people to call us like oh how come nobody cares about me no one's called me well i felt that lots of times i felt lonely lots of times but you know what I can pick up the phone and call them. Right. And they'll be happy that I call them. Yes. Now, if I don't do that, I'm sitting around thinking that they don't like me or, you know, I did something to offend them or, you know, how come, you know, they're not reaching out to me? Well, they feel the same way. They're busy too. Yeah. And if you want to feel happy about it, pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. Go spend some time with them. Yes. So again, this is just one drop of love that we can give to ourselves and to whoever it is that we um, decide to go out with. That friend, we are fostering that relationship of love and laughter and having a good time. That is healthy for the soul. And call your mothers and your fathers. <laughs> right? I know a lot of people don't, you know, for whatever reason, right? You have your reasons, but... You know, they're, we're supposed to leave our, our parents and go, you know, become adults and independent. You know, I think I feel happy when I call my parents and talk to them. Yeah, that's great. So get something on your calendar as a form of self-love too, right? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Self-care. Get something on the calendar with one of your friends or go on a double date Put social, something social back into your calendar. Awesome. Okay. Number six, the sexual side of ourselves. So I already, we already talked about intimacy a little bit and how being able to talk about Valentine's Day or talk about expectations or the struggle we have with it, that creates intimacy. It creates a ton of intimacy. Talking about your sexual problems is awesome it is awesome it actually is okay if you have challenges with the sexual side of yourself or with your spouse or whatever it is just opening up that door and talking about it is one of the sexiest things ever because then you're more connected totally because it comes to the emotions and the mind first and if you're talking about maybe it's a physical problem or whatever well the compassion comes out the you know, the understanding and the the genuine desire to understand starts to come out. And I know whenever we've talked about things, that's that's some of the sexiest time we've ever had. Right. And and connect real con really connected. Yeah. Really, really, really connected. And I now, think can I say one more thing? Yes. It also can be some of the most hurtful time. Yes. Because I've realized in those conversations that I've expected things or done things that I feel really embarrassed about or ashamed about even, but that's okay. That is part of being one with somebody. 
Yeah. And I think also it's important to know that as you have conversations about the challenges of intimacy, it's okay if you don't have a solution. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we're hesitant to have these conversations because we're like, well, I don't know how to solve it. Or solving it just means just have more sex, right? When I'm when there are so many more ways to approach intimacy. So have the conversations without fear that you don't need a solution. Like usually just talking about it is like half the battle, totally. right? So you don't need to solve things when you want to have a conversation. You don't have to solve it right right then. But at least you know what you need to work toward. Yeah. And that is very sexy. Yes, it is. And, and, it, and it really will bring you closer together, even if you have moments of devastation in that conversation. Right. You needed to have that moment at some point. Yes. Well, and I think you and I have had a lot of conversations where we've never come up with a solution that has to do with intimacy. Yeah. We're just expressing and sharing and saying, hey, this is what it's like for me. And you're saying this is what it's like for me. And we're sharing that information, sharing that knowledge. And that is at the heart of intimacy, being able to share some of those deepest thoughts, deepest emotions, the positive and the negative. And so, yes, let go of the of that expectation that when we talk about it, there has to be a solution. No, just just talk. Here, here's here's one thing you can do is keep listening to this podcast because we talk about this quite often. Yeah. And there, you know, we don't get into you know positions or sex toys. Like we don't do that. No. We don't talk about pornography. We don't talk about kind of the world solution to these things. But we do talk about the emotional tools and the thought tools that will help you to find your own solution. Yes. That is the whole point of this podcast. Yes. Because that is something within our control. And usually and we can put those into our value system. Yeah. It doesn't take away from our values. That's the beauty and the power of thought work. And and really it's it's unpacking the point that sex is not just about sex. Right. It's about thoughts, emotions, it's about the work that you do to create a foundation of trust and that intimate care for one another and attentiveness. So, yeah, I mean this isn't this isn't a quick fix. Right? What we talk about is not a quick fix, but there are very quick things that you can do today. And these drops that Shelly's talking about are things that you can do today and it will start to improve. Yes. It's awesome. Yes. It doesn't have so to be. So subscribe to our YouTube channel and <laughs> share it. Please share this with more people. Yes. We're, we're getting close to sharing it with way more people than just our email list that we have, which yes. isn't very big. No. But we are we are close to that. But please, if you're listening to this and you find it helpful, please share it with people that you you care about. Yeah. And so as we think about, you know, showing love to ourselves and the sexual side of ourselves, like we we have so much say in that. Yeah. And I think if you don't know where to start, maybe this week something you could think about or focus on or challenge yourself with is how to add an element of playfulness mm. to the sexual side of yourself. Because usually when we're struggling with this side, we are not thinking about it being fun or playful. We no. get very wrapped up in the negative side of it or what we are not enjoying about it 
or why we're having a difficult time getting in the mood. But if we think about, well, how can it be playful this week? That is a great question to ask yourself. Earlier today, I'm going to tell you something that I did that went totally wrong. (laughs) But I was trying to be playful. I was trying to play a prank on him (laughs) to shoot out confetti when he didn't know I wanted to scare him. So I've been planning this for weeks. And so today he, he left to go run an errand and I was took my time to get set up and have the camera in the right position. And I was incognito hiding in the garage and I had my little launcher. And so when Nick pulled into the garage and got out of the car, I was trying miserably and failing to launch this confetti cannon. (laughs) And it never happened. He got out of the car and walked into the house and it just was a total yeah, you failed. It was a fail. It was a major fail. <laughs> and Nick was in the house looking for me like, where is she? And then I came in and just kind of looked at him. I had a beanie on. I had a black hoodie on. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was trying to be fun. It was fun and laughing at her fail. <laughs> so playfulness can come out in so many ways. And it doesn't mean like, When we have sex, I have to be playful, right? But it's just adding the element of playfulness into the relationship because that can just, again, go to the bottom of the list. But when we're playful with one another, it can really add to our emotional health, our well-being. It brings laughter, and that does make us feel very connected. No doubt about it. It wasn't, (laughs) it was, that wasn't even sexual, but it will lead to. Oh, yeah. It'll lead to the sexual for sure because it's part of the whole that makes that look. Relationships, intimacy, sex, all that is super complicated and it's super painful and, you know, discouraging because it's so awesome. Right. Right. Of course it is. Opposition in all things like that is life. The really awesome things come along. What comes along with that is is some struggle. So thank goodness. Yeah. That we fail sometimes. Yes. Yes. We can laugh about it. We can. And hopefully I'll get it right one day. And hopefully I can learn how to open up the launchers. (laughs) By the time that she figures this out, I will have a problem with wetting my pants. (laughs) So I probably will pee my pants. I know. I'm not very good at opening things. (laughs) Okay. The last drop. And this is different than the other areas. um, But I think it's an important one. This drop has to do with our expectations. And I want us to kind of let go of all the expectations we have around Valentine's Day and just have one. Expect to connect. I love it. That's it. Don't limit how that connection looks. Don't limit it to he has to buy me flowers and then we'll be connected. He has to take me to dinner and then I will feel loving or then I will want to be intimate. No, Let go of all those expectations and just say, the only expectation I have for Valentine's Day is to connect. How am I going to connect to him this week? How are we going to connect to each other? One thing that Nick and I do also to help release expectations is we have never really expected to do something significant on Valentine's Day. We've got five kids. (laughs) Things don't always go our way. Little a-holes. And a lot of times things that happen to them, right? Change schedules, change what is what we can do and what we can't do. 
So we kind of just look at Valentine's Day as Valentine's week. Yeah. With zero expectations, but that it's just a week that we think about love and this one expectation, we expect to just connect more. And then it challenges ourselves to look for ways to connect. And maybe just because it's on our brain more throughout that week, we look for opportunities that maybe we didn't the week before, even in simple things. You know, Valentine's Day really can just be a reminder to do a self-check on where you are with how you love others. And like I was saying to Shelly last night, you know, I, I was having a hard time with Valentine's Day this year because I was doing a self-check. Yeah. And I realized that there's more that I should be doing to show her how much I love her, how much I love you. Right. And Valentine's a good time to do that. I think it's kind of like Christmas, right? I, I have I have a problem with Christmas too. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because you know it's like well, we celebrate the birth of the Savior on Christmas. Well, we should be celebrating you know the the life of the Savior and you know worshiping throughout the year. And I think a lot of people do that. But there are people, and maybe on the years that I have the most problem with, maybe I don't feel as spiritual. And yeah. So I'm like, well, I, don't, I shouldn't need Christmas to remind me to worship. You know, and so maybe Valentine's is, it's the same thing. It's a self check, right? We do that maybe once a year to just check where we're at. Yeah. And hopefully you check yourself more than once a year. But if you do that at least once a year, that's a start. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say this morning when I was thinking about Valentine's past for us, I have been happier with zero expectations. Mm -hmm. And this has nothing to do with lowering the bar. No. Right? This no. is a whole co different concept. We usually have really high expectations for people and we never let them know. And this is a challenge. This is a problem and it does damage for relationships. We've had the best Valentine's Day as we've let all expectations go. Now, does that mean we haven't done anything for Valentine's Day? No. Does it mean we never exchange gifts? No. Does it mean we never buy each other flowers or chocolates or whatever. No, it doesn't mean any of those things. It means we don't expect those things as the token of love. Right. And so this morning I was thinking, man, the last several years, I think since we've done thought work, the Valentine's Day has been so much better. I agree. So much better. I have, me personally, have felt so much more love towards you as I have let go of expectations. And the only expectation I've ever had is to connect. Expect to connect. And then however that happens, I love it. We're going to connect in about a minute. <laughs> We're about to connect. We're going right. to connect in a minute. Okay. Well, any final thoughts? No, I love you. I do. And I, and I hope all of you can find more love in your lives and strengthen your marriages because we all need you and your marriage and your relationships to be stronger because that is really what strengthens our society and our communities. And so I encourage everybody to do everything that you can to keep that, that connection sacred and strengthening at all times. And if you can do that, then we'll all be better off. Yeah. And remember, the more you restore these seven drops of love fuel within yourself, the more you can restore them with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and we hope you will join us again next week. Bye.